Philosophy Friday, you're driving home, everything's so weak, you're about to enter into weekend zone, and you want to talk about the best apologetic. Mm. You want to think about that, and that's what's coming up. Maybe it's not the best apologetic, but it's well, a good apologetic. Well, I think apologetic. it is. I think it's the best one, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Best argument ever given. This is the argument given by God himself. Okay. Well, then it's got to win. That's right. All right. So you so want to pay attention, Je- people. Jesus Christ as an argument for Christianity. Oh, that sounds good. I like it. This is the word from God to man. Yes. Yeah. So, this I mean, this. Good. I think this is one of the... Uh, underrated arguments you know we always talk about you know the the five proofs or we always uh, try to point to the resurrection or archaeology or whatever the case is but what about jesus christ himself Hmm. you know he has to be reckoned with yeah Um, i was on saint helena and napoleon died there and uh, i just loved the little anecdote I, i learned about him he was sitting around a table with dinner guests and they were deciding whether jesus was god or not that mm-hmm. was the, the the discussion around the dinner table. Mm-hmm. And everyone had their little say. And then right at the end, Napoleon declared, I know men and Jesus was no man. Wow. <laughs> That's pretty <laughs> profound. That's amazing. Uh, I, I, do, I do believe he was uh, a Roman Catholic. So, you know, right. but it's, it's just he recognized that Christ was distinct. Wow. And, uh, you know, that's. It's, it's a bit of an anomaly. I mean, here's a, here's a quote from John Blanchard that just puts it into perspective. Mm-hmm. He says, we have no record of his birth, mm-hmm. the date of his birth, yet mm-hmm. all the world's chronology is linked to it. He, he never wrote a book, yet more books have been written about him than about anyone else in history, and the output is still accelerating. Mm-hmm. The nearest thing we have to his biography has been translated in whole or in part into over 2,000 languages. Mm-hmm. He never painted a picture or composed any poetry or music, at least that we know of. Yet nobody's life and teaching has inspired a greater output of songs, plays, poetries, films, movies, and other art forms. Mm. One film, based on his recorded words, has been produced in over 100 languages and has already been seen up to this point uh, by more people than in any other film in history. Mm. He never raised an army, yet millions of people have laid down their lives in his cause, and every year thousands more do so. Except for one brief period during his, tra- his childhood, his travels were limited to an area about the size of Wales. But his influence today is worldwide. And his followers constitute the largest religious grouping the world has ever known. Hmm. He had no formal education, but thousands of universities, seminaries, colleges, and schools have been founded in his name. Hmm. His public teaching lasted just three years and was restricted to one small country. Yet purpose-built satellites and some of the world's largest radio and television networks now beam his message around the globe. He set his foot in two countries, yet an organization committed to his cause claims to make regular flights to more country than any other commercial airline. Hmm. He was virtually unknown outside of his own native country, yet in the current issue of Encyclopedia Britannica, the entry under his name runs to 30,000 words. He is by far the most controversial person in history. Nobody has attracted such adoration or opposition, devotion or criticism, and nobody else's teaching has ever been more fervently received or fiercely rejected. For centuries, every recorded word he spoke has been relentlessly analyzed by theologians, philosophers, and others. On the day the sentence is being written and read, millions of people are studying what he said and did and trying to apply the significance of his words and actions to their lives. 
Even most dyed-in-the-wool skeptics must acknowledge that this man was something special, and any open-minded student of human history should agree that he deserves meticulous attention. His name is Jesus. Huh. I know men. You cannot Jesus. overlook him. Oh. Yeah, wow. Dude, that's amazing. Yeah, wow. Yeah. That's uh, incredible to just hear it laid out like that, man. Yeah, he just cannot be ignored. No, that's right. And, uh, you know, when you begin to then focus in on him, you know, if we look at his life, if we look at his birth, ministry, and death, if we listen to even just the words that he said about himself, mm. it just continues to become more and more astounding. Mm. I mean, just think about his life for a moment. There is no other human life or death like his. Mm. Just, just that fact alone makes him stand out. Yeah. You know, he was conceived by, uh, by a virgin, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. There are many miraculous births by barren women, but there's been no other virgin birth uh, in the scriptures. Hmm. This, this particular birth had been told from the very first chapters of the Bible. The, the, the seed of the woman that would crush Satan's head. Hmm. That he would be a blessing for all nations. That he would be born of the line of David. That he would be born in Bethlehem. That he would, that he would be eternal, even though born as a child. Uh, that um, the everlasting father would be born as a son, you know, and then you have the satanic attempt to wipe him out as a child. And then you have the, 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 the heralding angels singing the first Christmas carols. Yeah. This, is, this is just his birth. Yeah. You know, it's astounding. Then you look at his ministry and you think of the, the amazing miracles that he performed. Miracles performed before uh, thousands of witnesses. Mm. Uh, and even uh, unbelieving historians uh, have record of that. Yeah. He healed various kinds of ailments, blindness, paralysis, leprosy, withered limbs, fever, he cast out demons, calmed the storm, walked on water, turned water into wine, multiplied the bread and the fish, and raised the dead. Mm. You know, that's his life. <laughs> <laughs> then look at his death. Yeah. His death is something that was foretold by prophecy. You know, mm. it's something he was, he was going to be the suffering servant of Isaiah 53. Yeah. And um, many aspects of the last 24 hours of his life were foretold, uh, you know, up to a thousand years before he was born. Yeah. He was betrayed by a friend, abandoned by his disciples, falsely accused, arrested, beaten, mocked, whipped, crucified, had his clothing gambled for, was thirsty, would be stabbed and die among criminals. But his death was unique for another reason as well. He died for the forgiveness of people's sins. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's, there's, his, there's his birth, there's mm -hmm. his life, there's his death, and of course, he resurrects from the dead, and the Bible records several witnesses, and even uh, one group of 500 people seeing the resurrected Christ. Mm. You know, one of the, one of the things um, that I think is just, it's attached to this, but it's kind of a thing on its own in some ways, is... Um, the eyewitness accounts, the gospels themselves as an apologetic. And I suppose it's related in that they're, you know, they're presenting to us um, the Jesus that you've just presented. But, but um, you know, the astounding reality of the, of the four gospel witnesses and how they stand scrutiny and, and um, together form one of the most amazing um, apologetics that we have. I think it's another thing that I think um, is largely just neglected you know we, we want to look Amen. for fancy Amen. methods and it's really staring us in the face um the fact that we'd, we'd have these four external sort of agreed witnesses um concerning jesus it's it's an amazing thing to have to reckon with it's almost like the the church itself um you just you know if you think about it there is i mean the church could not happen if it wasn't true that jesus raised from the dead it's just they couldn't get off the ground the way that it did it's just so the just the mere presence and reality of the church today 
is uh, enough to 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 really create a very powerful argument. And in that same um, sort of uh, vein of thought, you just you think about those early witnesses contained in the gospel accounts in the New Testament. It's just. It's forceful. It's forceful. Mm-hmm. It needs to be thought about some more. There is a, a great book. I can't, the 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 author escapes me now, but um, man, it's incredible. It's called uh, the Eyewitness Accounts. Um, Jesus and the Eyewitness Accounts, or something. I'll I'll try and find that out. And uh, but it's just an a, an amazing book. So uh, just to mention that, uh, if if anyone's interested, I mean, in those, I'm, ex- yeah. I'm super excited about it. I mean, I'm studying Luke at the moment, preaching wow. on Luke. Just loving being in the Gospels. It's just so great. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. Just to hear the words and, and, you know, see that it just speaks, you know, it speaks straight as a, like Napoleon's um, quote there is perfect. Yeah. I know men, and this is not a man, you know, it's either they, either they made this up or this is real, but, you know, what they got over here is, is, is not what normal men are about. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, just another aspect is what, you know, what did Jesus say about himself? You know, because it, it could be that people, other people have attributed things to him that he doesn't claim for himself. You know, people might want to make a, a hero out of him, but he doesn't want to be a hero. But oh, you see Richard, so sorry. much, you sorry. see so much stuff in the Gospels that just points forward. Yeah. Before I forget, Jesus and the eyewitnesses, Richard Balcom. Oh, Balcom. Very do you know, good. Do you know yeah. him? Yeah. Yep. Well, I know that work. It's it's uh, it's a uh, it's a good work. A lot of people talk about it. The Gospels as eyewitness testimony. I've just pulled it up here. Um, yeah. Oh man, that is. And so he's pretty sensitive to the Bart Ehrman school of things, uh-huh, and he's uh-huh. he's sort of he's listening to a lot of the critiques coming from the liberal side, and he's reading the Gospels to answer some of those critiques. He is. Yeah, and that's why it's so yeah. amazing. It just he's just showing how it just stands its ground. You know, it just you really don't need much else. It's just there. It is. Um, yeah. and just, no, yeah, good. we, we look over that. We think we can't use that, you know, because that's in the Bible and, uh, <laughs> and, and he's just going, no, 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 wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. these things are amazing. And uh, so yeah. I really highly recommend it's a bit of a difficult read, but it's just profound. Yeah. Even um, with the liberals own tools, you can still get down to the nitty gritty. Exactly. Sorry, I cut in yeah. there. Go for it. No, it's all good. So, I mean, just a few examples where Jesus' words just go, whoa, no one can speak like this. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, the one that stuck out to me was the one from uh, Mark's Gospel, um, where uh, the four friends bring the man through the roof for Jesus to heal. And Jesus says in, I think it's Mark 2, verse 9, uh, which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven or take up your bed and walk. Mm. And, uh, you know, the Pharisees are there criticizing him because he said, you know, your sins are forgiven. And so he says, in order to prove to you the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins, I say, pick up your bed and walk. Mm. And um, so the miracle proves that he has the authority to forgive sins. Mm. It's kind of like the, um, the, and that's why the liar lunatic Lord C.S. Lewis argument is so powerful, right? Because, I mean, you know, you've (laughs) you've got a choice to make there. And I suppose the one sort of angle that uh, Lewis is often critiqued uh, for is that, you know, he hasn't really accounted for the textual veracity or the accuracy of the account itself. But, you know, leaving that aside for now, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, uh, assuming those accounts are correct, and I think there's probably the most powerful reason 
to, you know, it, they're it, only the best attested manuscripts from the ancient world ever like you know ever <laughs> yeah so it's, it's almost like the one thing the the we got to remember the, the the liberals don't even like try and critique that anymore in, in many ways i mean they can disagree with it but they 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 realize so much textual criticism has been done it's it's so legit but um you know with that in place then it makes the liar, uh, lunatic lord thing just incredibly pertinent as you just simply read about jesus you know, yeah. you have to make a decision. Yeah, like, is that the work of a liar or a lunatic or a lord? You know. Well, here, here are a few more words to to chew on. Matthew ten thirty seven to thirty nine. Whoever loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Mm. <laughs> now that's either arrogance, yeah, or you know, this is God speaking. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you just don't have the option of saying, hey, really good, solid, wise yeah. teacher. So he demanded to be loved above all. He also demanded to be the object of people's faith. Come yeah. to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take yeah. my yoke upon you and learn from me, for mm. I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Mm. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Yeah. That's huge. And what about <laughs> this? He claimed to be the central theme of the whole Bible. John 5, 39, yep. you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, and mm -hmm. it is they that bear witness about me. Mm. I am the centerpiece of the Bible. <laughs> totally. The word of God is pointing to me. Yeah. And then, of course, we've got the I am sayings. Uh, I am being an Old Testament name for God. Mm -hmm. um, before Abraham was, I am. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's the huge one. Mm -hmm. And then of uh, all the other ones, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I'm the bread of life. I'm the resurrection and the life. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is just incredible. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, Jesus as an argument for God. It's it's truly, truly profound. And I think maybe we should uh, end with the C.S. Lewis quote. Okay. He uh, just referring to the uh, the one you, you, you spoke about earlier. C.S. Nice. Lewis puts it this way. I am trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. Hmm. That is one thing we must not say, he says. Hmm. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things that Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. Hmm. He would either be a lunatic on a level with the man who says he is a poached egg, or else hmm. he would be a devil of hell. Hmm. You must make the choice. You can shut him up for a fool, you can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come up with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. Hmm. Boom. Enough said. <laughs> Have a great weekend. We'll catch you Amen. later. Cheers. Cheers.